Cheers, mama. You have wine. I have water. Jesus could, would be so proud. And of me. <laughs> he <laughs> just take mine and be make like, it let wine. me fix that water for you. So I want to welcome everybody back here. It is episode two of GSL Uncut, our uh, new video podcast channel. I want to thank you for being here once again. I will say that as we are recording this, uh, this is the day that we actually released episode one of the podcast, and we have been getting so much positive feedback from those of you who made your way over to see what it is that we have to offer over here. And I want to thank you so, so much for uh, Melissa and I. Again, everything has been so, so positive. We really appreciate the time and consideration that you gave us in uh, just, again, seeing what it is we're doing over here yeah yeah it's been extremely humbling and energizing so we appreciate that also i have this towel with me because we're in a tiny <laughs> home we do not have ac in here and it is blazing blazing hot i told you not to show the towel <laughs> so if i start to sweat profusely we all know why i'm just gonna keep this out of sight in my lap though literally right before we started recording i'm like don't show him the towel and then like first minute you're like this is my sweat towel i can't help it <laughs> it's what i do with insecurity it just bubbles out of me all of a sudden sweat towel Whew. Anyway, so how are we doing, Mama? We're doing g- well. Good week? Good week. Good busy week? Yeah, productive. Very productive, absolutely. So what is it that we are discussing here today? Well, so earlier we were discussing, because we were looking at our teenager trying to arrange plans to go actually have some human interaction, <laughs> but um, we were just discussing how different things are with the new generations, the new models versus us versus our parents and their parents and how they interacted, how humans have interacted from the beginning of time versus now. So the generational differences? (laughs) Just how everything's different now. Like we are the last of our kind. The Mohicans. Oh, sorry. That's not, I thought you were going somewhere um, else. Nope, I I wasn't. We actually (laughs) have nothing to do with that. But we are the last of our kind the last of our kind what do you mean by by that what are you we are the last generation we are actually like a weird morphed generation i think our parents were the last generation that didn't really experience growing up with the internet we were introduced to the internet really in college it started to trickle out in high school i mean we had our hotmail accounts in our case we still do (laughs) it's vintage and i like it leave it alone no but we were talking about the internet specifically and how that has definitely changed things in the way that people interact uh people that are more so our age i guess we're we are technically millennials which i hate because i feel like we Mm -hmm. are we do not fall in that category but we're both born in 83 so technically speaking both millennials i like it it sounds young we'll go with (laughs) it (laughs) <laughs> embrace it while you can yes. no but i think even in having discussions with Nevea, and so my last assignment in the police department i was actually a school resource officer for a couple of years there and i noticed in the time that i spent within the school that kids interact with each other much much differently today today than they did when we were back in high school yeah there were kids that were dating <laughs> virtually they yeah. were virtually dating so yeah. they were having all of this interaction through screens, through phones, tablets, whatever they were doing. I figure like all of this interaction. (laughs) (laughs) It required a dance. Um, No, it's just, it's so different. You know, it's these, these kids live a portrayal, a version of themselves online. And that's their preferred method of interacting with their peers. And it's just so bizarre to see. Well, Nevea, now that she's getting older, is starting, starting to get to know the opposite gender online. Right. And we're like, you you don't know these people. And she's like, no, no, no. 
people are way more themselves online because they feel unfiltered. First they of all, feel protected. That's a horrible impression. Number more, one. More attitude? Or? No, but it's true. And we try pointing out to her all the time. Say, hey, you can't, you can't consider, I don't know, and maybe this is just me becoming older and uh, more curmudgeoned the older i get but curmudgeon? it's i'm not even As sure that i know what that term couldn't means. sound any older you com- you called yourself curmudgeon yeah i regret that already um what i mean is you can't you can't refer to somebody as a friend when you've never physically met them in real life and we have this conversation with her frequently yeah and it's terribly terribly frustrating that this has just become the norm i don't i guess i just don't understand it and, I, and because of that i just i become frustrated by it for whatever reason yeah well i think there's been a huge disconnect so when we were in school when we were kids, if you wanted to find your friend, you went and you found your friend. Absolutely. You got on your bicycle without a helmet and you rode around the neighborhood. You're making fun of me this with the gestures? Like you rode around the neighborhood until you found your friend or you went to their home and you physically knocked on the door. You had the awkward interaction with their parents of can jimmy come out and play no they can't play then you felt stupid and (laughs) you had to turn around and leave their home no i vividly vividly remember how about making arrangements remember that you remember standing by pay phones waiting for somebody to call yeah yeah i remember going to kahala mall pro ridge when i was a kid and like hey i'm calling you from this number call me right before you leave and I'll stand here and wait for you Yeah, and I'll twiddle my thumbs because there's nothing to tinker on. There's yeah. no phone, no smartphones, nothing like that. So. And then we got pagers or beepers oh. or whatever you wanted to call them. And did you, you could, have one? Yeah, I had I one. Didn't, I never got myself a beeper. Oh man, I had one and it was clear and you could see the wires and I wore it on the outside. It's good times. Of my Jinko jeans. It's good times. So that everyone knew that I had a beeper. Of and course. for the first year... It did not work. Isn't it funny that that was a status <laughs> symbol back in the day? Mine didn't work. And what do you my, mean it didn't work? It, so you just wore it for cool points? Yes, oh, I did. Melissa. I know. Melissa. I know. That's a no-no. It was cool though. No one else had a beeper that didn't work. Yeah, things are so different. You know what else I remember is, remember being able to, like if you wrote like 80085? It said boobs. It said boobs. You could do it on your calculator too. <laughs> that was the infancy of text messaging. Mm-hmm. So you flirted with someone, boobs. So where do you think things go from here? Being that again, we uh, we are we're pretty much out of touch at this point, despite the fact that we actually live our lives out online. Right. Um, I know it's funny because as people that kind of exist online, <laughs> when people see us, they are kind of like, oh, you're regular you're <laughs> normal people. <laughs> but you know, they're kind of like, oh, I'm so used to seeing you on the screen. This is so weird. Like, even though they watch hours and hours of us living life, they don't actually realize that we're just real people. So when we stand there at five feet tall, five <laughs> feet seven, and they're, <laughs> they already know, Jeremy, that mm. act is up. When they, when they look down upon the tops of our heads, they're like, it's so weird seeing you out of the screen and yeah. seeing us in the wild. That's what I always say when I see someone in in the store that I've seen them in the wild because we're so used to seeing people online. Yeah. And it's so bizarre. It plays like a weird psychological trick on you. And I know that that's the case because I've been guilty of it myself. We've run into other people that we know from the intranet. I get excited. And uh, yeah, it just makes for such a, for such a surreal experience. But then I'm always 
thinking to myself, like, it's just not that it's not that big a deal. Anybody with a phone can put themselves yeah. online. There's absolutely nothing special about what we do, it, but it, it does. It makes for a very bizarre real life interaction when right. you run into that person face to face. Well, I think we have so many interactions and we have so many deep interactions and emotional interactions. I mean, people have, let's say you watch Good Simple Living, you've ridden a roller coaster of emotions through our own adventures and journeys. Mm-hmm. And then maybe you see us in real life and it's not <laughs> It's magical. a total letdown. It's just an absolute <laughs> letdown. You're like, dance for it. Where's the music? Why is there no music playing? Right. This is As usually... As you're doing things, shopping for carrots. So much more romantic online. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's really, really interesting. Do you think that there are any drawbacks that come along with that? Just the internet as a whole. I know for us, the internet has been um, a total godsend, honestly. There's, there's really... I mean, we couldn't have done, we couldn't have built right. the room that we are sitting in had it not been for do-it-yourself videos mm-hmm. online that that are readily available, that are, are made available for free. I mean, it's such an incredible, incredible resource. But at the same time, I do feel like there are drawbacks to it. Yeah, there's absolutely drawbacks. I think the biggest drawback with spending any time online, whether it's the way that you make a living, whether you're an influencer, video creator, YouTuber, whatever you want to call yourself, whether you are that or you were an Instagram influencer, or you were just a mom on Facebook posting that sourdough bread loaf you finally got to rise, and you're like, I'm the queen of sourdough. There, There is a level of comparison there. And if you live online, you're looking at all these other moms with their perfect clean kids and their matching polo shirts, and their kids aren't fighting, and your kids are fighting right now, and theirs are like, <laughs> you know, but it's not real it's a snapshot it's a snippet it's probably edited heavily and it's probably set up absolutely like stop pulling her hair now smile nice smile, nice smile not that stupid smile and then they okay perfect and so, then they're like look at my perfect children and then they're you know i know i've told you this before but we live in a very very small town and it's great running in just north of Ho- north idaho in general it's very small not a lot not a lot of people up here and it's so interesting to run into people see the way that they react or better yet when we come home sometimes and we see that hey somebody sends us a private message like hey i saw you out and about it wherever <laughs> and it, it makes me like oh like have to rethink like oh my gosh was i was on was i on my best behavior like i don't want to be making a poor impression upon anybody and but it's 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 an impossible standard to live up to because we are just normal everyday people mm-hmm. just like everybody else out there just like everybody else that's watching right now so to try and uh hold yourself to a higher standard for whatever reason is, is just so unnecessary and unrealistic, but it's, it's, it's kind of weird. It makes me a little paranoid. I'm like, Oh man, I literally, literally have to go through my day of like, Hey, did I scold the kids for like acting up at the grocery store probably. or probably, or did <laughs> I, you know, was I, when I was running at the beach, like where my pants falling down to where my butt crack was showing, probably. like, yeah, it's another probably, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, but you know what I mean? It's, it's just very bizarre. It's so cool and it's so great in so many ways, especially the impact that our audience has had on our channel. But it it, it freaks me out sometimes, I'm being yeah. honest. Well, yeah. I mean, because you're an online personality and so you don't want to let down people. But that's hard. I feel like I let people down all the time. <laughs> when I meet them in person, I feel like I'll come away from some of the interactions. I'm like, oh, of course I want to make a good impression upon this person. But I, I just, again, oh, I don't want to repeat myself from the last episode, but I feel like I'm never good enough. Like, oh, maybe I, I didn't like, maybe that wasn't, I didn't have anything like profound to say or anything cool that I was doing to like make this person entertain. And I think because I spend so much time in that mindset that it, it, 
it makes me a little uneasy when it's, it comes to like real life interactions to where somebody knows me from that online side of things. Wow, you're real heady. Oh, apparently. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're kidding. diving. No, you know what I mean. I know. I know I'm not alone on this. Yeah. Well, I think anyone feels that way. When you meet somebody new, whether you're at a neighborhood barbecue or whatever, and you have a conversation, you might feel really confident and fine in that conversation. It went fine. But then when you leave and you get in the car, you're like, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> like, I wonder if they think I'm real weird now. Or, oh. you know, I think everyone does it. I think, I mean, maybe not. Maybe that's just my That's especially true for thing. us. Maybe it's just you and I that are just weirdos and we I, live in such an isolated life that yeah, yeah. this applies only to but it's, it's not, um, it's not a new thing. It's not, oh, since I've been online, I've always been like that. Like I would meet somebody new and I'd have this great organic conversation. And then I would go, I bet they think I'm weird. Now who's the one being heady? Me for sure. No, I'm real heady. I no, didn't I really realize d- you were. I, I don't think that this applies to only us, but it just, it's, it's all amplified when you're online, you, you know, before the internet, you had a very small social circle right? compared to what it is that we have now. So to have to, um, take in the the impression that you're making upon hundreds thousands tens of thousands hundreds of thousands for some people millions of of random strangers out in the world yeah it's it's bizarre feedback can be overwhelming it can be and i think it's good in a lot of ways like people will point things out i feel like it's made me a better person in some ways it's made me um it's forced me to self-reflect a lot more than i used to um it's forced me to be a lot more considerate of others that I may be used to be, which sounds a little weird to say, but it's definitely true. Um, so I, I mean, I think it's good when people offer up criticisms of you or something that you're doing, or even when we watch ourselves, like I hate hearing my own voice. I hate hearing oh, my own voice. Oh, it's a good thing we're doing a podcast. I know. No, but seriously, it's just, um, you know, those little insecurities bubble to the surface or like you say something stupid, uh, because you do all the time when there's a camera pointed at you. It just, it, it, yeah, it, it, it makes me want to be better and do better and kind of refine the way I come across to people. Does that make sense? Yes. I have a different like feeling towards it. So my feelings on it are that I just want to get back to being just more raw and me. Like it's so hard because you put on that you want to give this good impression and, and you end up, you can very easily end up losing yourself mm-hmm. in that. Oh, absolutely. I think that's one of the big drawbacks yeah, that I was going outside of yourself, going outside of yourself. And I know that, um, we've, we've, we've met and spoken to people that, that do the same thing we do. And it's, it's, I want to say that in almost, and I, I don't mean for this to sound bad or come across a certain way. It's just it, that they're the, the way that everybody comes across and presents themselves online, knowing that people are going to be watching and analyzing, doing all that. It is not who they are in real life. I'm not saying that people are doing it intentionally. I think a lot of times it is a completely unintentional. A camera personality. Yeah, you have, you have, you know, it was true when I was a police officer. The same thing was true. People look to me for help in certain situations where I'm like, I, I, if I'm being completely honest with you, I, I, I don't know exactly what it is I can do to help you. And it's, it's not a good feeling to have when someone's literally, you can see it in their eyes. Like, so you're, you're kind of playing a role. And I'm not saying that anyone's being fake. I'm just saying that you there are certain aspects of yourself that sort of bubble to the surface when you know that, Hey, I'm on camera right now. Right. And that's, that's not the case in real life when you're just living your day to day life. So it's, it makes for a very complex and complicated situation. It's really interesting. I mean, maybe we're not as exciting in real life, you know, like maybe we're not as, (laughs) we're not that exciting. Yeah. Not really. I mean, we're just people, you know, we live fairly boring lives if you ask me. Yeah. So, 
I mean, if you meet me in the grocery store, I'll probably be like, oh, hey, yeah, I know there is a sale on tortilla chips. I got three bags. <laughs> like, I'm gonna be, you know, I'm not going to be like have some profound thing to say or some funny, cheeky thing to say, probably unless, you know, I don't know. I'm kind of random. Maybe I will. Yeah, I think I think there are examples of people who are so negatively impacted by that, that it just, it kind of runs amok it to an extreme to where people 100% lose themselves in mm -hmm. and their identities based on the way they come across online and the, and the feedback that they're getting from others. They allow it to reshape their identity, which is definitely not a healthy thing. No, you, yeah. To, to have to keep up a persona is really, really difficult. And so I'm glad that we never created these really extreme personalities because because we know people that have <laughs> yes and it would be exhausting <laughs> it would be i feel i feel bad for some of these people because yeah it would be just it would be so uh it'd be torturous well i think terrible. eventually you'd say okay enough like i just want to be me i just want to like sound like me act like me and yep. then you feel like you can't because you've had this online you need persona. to uphold the persona that you've right. created for people yeah yeah and sometimes that's being really really funny and it's exhausting to be really funny. And sometimes it's really hard to be funny. Yeah. So the happy dances, I'm going to use this as an example. Yeah. We did a happy dance mm -hmm. at the end of a lot of uh, project completion videos early, early on when we first got here, really with the, the tiny home primarily, mm -hmm. right? And everybody liked it. Thought it was really entertaining. But after a while, I was like, okay, how, how do we how do we make this a thing to where it's it's still funny and and upbeat and positive and all, like real and authentic because we started doing it just organically yeah naturally it was like oh, oh let's celebrate right and Ooh. it was a little like nothing dance but then we felt like we had to one up it every video yeah and then it started to like there was like choreography and then it started taking <laughs> us like an hour to film and then we had so to find funny. different songs and it was yeah. it became a chore and it was no longer fun. And then one time we were trying to do the dance and like I wasn't doing it to the rhythm because I have none. And you like said something to me and we what? got into an argument over, over the happy, happy dance. dance. Are you saying it was an unhappy dance? It was an unhappy dance that ended the happy dance. And I stopped right there and I was like, we're done with this. No, it just, it we're wasn't. Done. Okay. Aside from this incident, which I don't Should recall, we by the, the way. Dance? No, I, I literally have zero recollection of this. Okay. I will say it just wasn't sustainable. <laughs> It wasn't sustainable. It was something that, that came about organically and naturally. We were having fun with it. And then it became an expectation, mm -hmm. which made it feel like a burden, which made right. it feel like, hey, now, regardless of whether or not you actually want to be happy and dancing, you have to do it. So, I'm, yeah, I think that's, I think, and we will do it again someday. I promise you we will. Yeah. One day, when randomly, we feel we'll bring like it back. happy dancing. When you least expect a happy dance, expect a happy dance. Yeah. No, but it, it needs to be, I just, I, I never like when, at least in our case, I never like when we feel as though we have to do go outside of ourselves. So yeah, if we're, if we're feeling down, if we're feeling upset, um, like when Kenji had his surgery and we didn't know whether or not he was going to make it through that, that procedure. Uh, that you know, was just was, a difficult week to film period. It was, it really was. And, um, yeah. So when we're feeling down, I, I don't want to put pressure on ourselves to have to be like, Oh no, let's be upbeat and happy because right. it's not, it's not real. It's not authentic to ourselves. As, and I, 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 again, I just despise feeling in any way compelled to go outside of ourselves and, and how it is that we're feeling at any given moment. Right. Well, I mean, even this week we had kind of a grumpy time. Totally. It, yeah. It was a tough week and not because anything, I mean, it wasn't, you know, anything life altering, but 
there's no way that we would have felt like doing something like happy dance. And if no. this was some expectation at the end of every video, <laughs> that <laughs> I can't even imagine what we would have come up with a stomp routine. Yeah. <laughs> We're bringing in lights and hiring choreographers and doing all that. It's really dark. Yeah. Yeah. No, I just think it's sad because I, being that we, we do this now and, and I, I, I think I recognize it in others. Yeah when uh, during those rare circumstances where i actually like we'll watch somebody's video i'm like okay i, I see what's happening here and i'm like no, come on like yeah don't feel like you have to do you that you don't have to do that <laughs> yeah, you don't have to you don't have to do that just be yourself and be you know just, just just keep it real right i think that's just really hard to do for anybody because there is so much comparison so Again, when we were kids, when we went to school, there was no Instagram, there was no Twitter, there was no. I still don't have Instagram. I I've know. never had Instagram. I well, refuse. Good Sorry, living Instagram. Has an Instagram. Um, none of that existed. So there were magazines, and I remember always being told, "Oh, don't worry about the models in the magazines; those aren't real. They're edited. They're airbrushed." That was a serious concern back in it our day. Was. Like, literally, I remember that coming up in classes and stuff. Don't be looking at those catalog yeah. girls and thinking that you get to look like that because sure. it's not real. That's Sets what they an always unreal told expectation. Us. Yeah. Yep, and, and Barbie and all that. You know, that was the that was the Instagram of the '80s. Was Barbie's perfect physique with her little pointy feet, and yeah, yeah. she's a little hottie. I've, I've, I always thought Skipper was better. Maybe it's because she was short and brunette. That's a joke before everybody <laughs> jumps on me here. I get it. I get it with Barbie. So um, now with Instagram, it's the main one. It's photos, right? So I think for all these high school kids, they're scrolling and they're watching all these beautiful people and their perfect, exciting lives and their world travel and and so much of it isn't real and it's impossible not to compare yourself to that. So how do you combat that? You think? I don't know that we do. I think that the genie is out of the bottle as far as social media goes. I think it's only going further. I think AI is going to make it way worse. Ooh, are we, are we in for some hot AI talk oh, right man, now? Man, I love some AI Ooh. talk. And how about deep fakes? I, Oh, I just got fooled by a deep fake. I yeah, was, so the fake Tom Cruise character who is online. Didn't know that was a thing. Duped Melissa. Yeah, I did. The guy does an impression of Tom Cruise, but he actually uses artificial intelligence to post Tom Cruise's face yeah. over his own. So it's it's very, yeah, it's, it's very realistic and it's scary. Yeah, I was like, Tom Cruise is really out there. You should see this video. Eli shouldn't be watching anything with him. <laughs> he is rude. And it was a deep fake. Mm -hmm. I had no idea. Makes you sound really old, by the way. Sorry. I just didn't know about that particular one. So I guess where <laughs> I was going with that earlier and saying that, yeah, the internet is a tremendous resource. It's a tremendous blessing in so many ways. It, it can be like anything else. It can be used for evil. Mm -hmm. It can be used for bad, for, for the dark arts. The dark arts. Right. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a very powerful tool either way. I think we're losing our human connection and I don't think that there is a return to that, unfortunately. So I would love, that sounds so hopeless. I would love to say that- so pessimistic. I know. I, I mean, maybe, maybe we start to crave it again. Maybe, like we've heard songs that were, what, who were the artists that they made the AI songs for? I'm not even sure. Wasn't it like, like Jay-Z, some rappers or something? I'm not even sure. It wasn't Jay-Z. It was like, I don't know. So anyway, they made this song and it skyrocketed on the charts. Oh, wasn't it a, a Drake song? Yeah, it was Drake. There you go. 
And everyone loved it. They were like, this song is incredible. Well, it turned out it was completely AI generated. It didn't, it wasn't real. It wasn't Drake. They had to take it off and it was so good. And then AI created this um, action film and it made it in like two hours. Yeah, I did hear about that. And it was apparently incredible. The storyline was completely unique because right now Hollywood is just recycling. Let's see. I mean, how many Disney movies are we going to make real? You know, just new ideas. We need some new ideas. Yeah. Anytime there's a new idea, everyone's like, oh, yeah, a unique movie. They're just recycling the same old ideas because nobody can come up with anything new. Well, AI can. And so they came up with this incredible film. They made it in two hours with no money. No paid actors, no editing or editors. There was obviously editing, mm -hmm. but. Was there? Because can it just produce the perfect film? Maybe. The, the first time? Yeah, probably. Right? So maybe there was no editing. Yeah. Um, perfect music that didn't exist. That, that There were no composers to yeah, pay. Yeah, the entire score, everything. Every aspect of it. This, there was no script writers. There were no directors. It, it was a, a free movie and it was apparently incredible. I didn't see it. That is terrifying. Yeah. So if all these great movies are coming out and all this great music is coming out, maybe people start to crave things like live music again in yeah. perfect human creation. I think that AI is incredibly intriguing to people in general right, right now because of its capabilities. But I do think that at some point there will be yeah, a craving to to swing the pendulum back the other way because we you know we as human beings I don't think AI is fully capable of mimicking what we are capable of as creative beings. I, I don't, I don't, it might be more perfect, but maybe it's too perfect. Maybe, it maybe it's the flaws. Perfect. You know, like when you listen to like an acoustic guitar song and you mm -hmm. can hear the screeching on the strings, that's part of what makes the song so great. But what if AI can do that too? See, you're blowing my mind right now. I know. And so like, it's so easy to say, oh, well, AI is because like the gap. And all these other places, I have used these AI models and they're like these perfect models and they don't have to pay them. Mm -hmm. There's no photo shoot. There's no photographers. There's no well, editors. There's I no even, makeup artists. I even know instances of celebrities who are licensing their their actual likeness mm -hmm. so that AI can take advantage of it and do right. whatever they want with it. It's just, it's all so, we're, we're, it's moving so, so rapidly and exponentially. And it just, it's, it's, it terrifies me personally. So I was looking at these models and they weren't perfect. They had freckles. They had crooked teeth. They had like shading under their eyes and, and eye creases. They weren't perfect. And that was kind of scary because if they look so perfect, you'd be like, this is dumb. That looks fake. But they didn't. They looked flawed. So do you think that AI is capable of creating something that is that, that moves you to, to emotion, like literally, like a, like a sunset? Like a beautiful, beautiful sunset. I don't think, I mean, maybe in, in videos and stuff, I think AI is so much smarter than we are already. And it's only going to perfect itself more and more and more and discover what human beings want because we're very easy to read. Just look at our online activity. What You look at something and mm -hmm. then those are the ads that are fed to you. Yep. You can figure out what we like, what we don't like, um, like you might look at something and click on it and consider buying it and then be like, no, nah, I better not. Now, if you're in a store, you walk out of that store and you don't print that purchase. If you clicked on that dang thing online, they're going to show it to you over and over. You like this shirt, didn't you? <laughs> you like this shirt. And the next day, something you like is selling out fast. You know how it does that? Yeah. And then finally you're like, I better buy it. 
<laughs> like it so, knows. So do you think that the the internet as a whole just has too much influence over us as individual people? I think we allow it to. I think it's very easy to let it take over because it's so fulfilling. It's 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 falsely fulfilling. Right. It's it's immediate gratification right. rather than true fulfillment. Mm-hmm. But it's very, very scary. What was I going to say? I just I had a thought that came to mind, but I, I lost it. So, so where do you think that this leads ultimately? Because it's 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 like our you demise. said, <laughs> our demise. Seriously, do you believe that? Um, oh, I got it. So, what I'm saying was, so AI. It's it's yeah. There there are negative aspects to that as well, but there are also potential positives to go right. along with it. It's it's like anything else. There's there's you can use it for for good or bad. Right. right? Medical so, advances. Yeah, I just think it's unavoidable. It, it, the temptation to use it and the ease at which it is able to complete tasks that would take a human being right. however long to complete. It's, it's just, it's too useful well, and valuable of a resource to, to cast aside. I think that it's being discovered and um, created and made stronger prematurely before even the creators of it know what it's capable of. But it's self-advancing. It is self-advancing and that's scary. Like when it started communicating with itself. The Google AI bot, I remember reading or hearing something about the, some kind of Google uh, AI program that was, that had literally within like a couple of days created its own language Mm -hmm. and began communicating with some other, I don't, I'm not a computer There was like two of them and they started to, they created a language that humans didn't know and they were communicating back and forth and then the people went, we better shut these down. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's, it's like a sci-fi movie come to, come to life. Like what happens when it's like. We know how to change our password. Mm-hmm. And there's no shutting it down. We'd never figure it out. We'd never figure Again, out their crazy right password. So it's a little scary. And I think even the creators of it know that it's toothpaste out of the tube. You're never going to put it back. But it's it's all for power and competition and... The advancement of it, you mean? Yeah, yeah, because it's like, well, if China's doing it or Russia's doing it, then the U.S. better be doing it too. Or, or, or if the U.S. is doing it, well, then England better be doing it. Everyone feels like, well, they're doing it and they're doing it and they're doing it and it's coming anyway. So we better be there at the forefront of it. So everyone is running to this and pushing it so rapidly before understanding what it's capable of. Mm-hmm. And I think that even they are afraid of that. But. They want to be first at it and it's coming. So we might as well be a part of it too. I mean, that's what Elon Musk said. It's coming. So I want to have some control over it. This conversation I want to be a part of this. Absolutely off the rails. So these are the types of things yeah. that we we talk about over morning coffee. These, these Welcome to bizarre, the Sousa household. <laughs> these bizarre topics. It's a little glimpse. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's real. It is what it is. And being on the internet and and starting to see this stuff, starting to see this deep fake stuff, starting to see these films, it's music and everything coming out. I do feel like there is a huge portion of people that there's that whole movement, like to put your phone down and reconnect with your family. And um, I think it's more our generation Mm -hmm. craving what we had. Like we're, we're, we are in the minority that. on that, though. We, I think the overwhelming majority of people are all in favor of new toys and new tools capable of doing really cool things. I think people 40, I think it's kind of our age because the internet really exploded like our freshman year of college is when like people started using it for term papers. MySpace. Senior year, we still had to go 
to the library, get encyclopedias, cite our sources, find the information in books and write reports that way. There was no Googling anything my senior year of high school. I remember. That wasn't a thing. No. So freshman year, all of a sudden there were online sources. And so we, I think 40 and older, crave what we lost, that human connection. But people younger than that never had it. And so they don't crave the loss of it. And so they welcome these advances. Mm -hmm. So I think that's where we're going to become the extinct generation of people that knew life before the internet. I think our outlook on this speaks to our reality of living where we do and doing things the way that we do. Like I will make a conscious effort on nearly a daily basis to do something real in the real world. Mm -hmm. It's why I love gardening so much Mm -hmm. because it's real. It's It's not easy. It's slow. It requires patience. It requires attention. It requires, it requires discipline. Mm -hmm. It's why I enjoy it. Like this morning I went out and I I literally made a, a, so we, we released our first episode and I did, I really didn't want to monitor it for a bit. So I went outside and I watered our orchard. I watered Mm -hmm. the garden and I paid attention to that and only that. My phone was in my pocket, left it alone, decided I wasn't going to check anything. And, um, I feel like it's a must because it's so easy to get swept up and lost in this virtual world. And it, I, I guess for myself, I view it as pulling me away from, from God, mm-hmm. whole new level of bizarre uh, conversation we had on that. But I, I it's, I want to stay in touch with what's real and right. with what is truly meaningful to me. I don't want to allow technology to, to be able to suck that out of me. Well, if you want to like dive into that, I mean, it's really instant gratification and technology and all of that is really kind of the opposite of the nature of God. Gardening is the nature of God. It's Mm -hmm. why he put man in the garden, right? Agreed. So you have to, you have to put in something, seed, if you want to get something out, which is usually abundance, but that takes time and there's patience and there's failure. And there are lessons to be learned along the way. Yeah this didn't work. We better start again. Right. And then you have to wait all over again. It's like that with farming. It's like that with ranching. I mean, you have, you wait all year for calving season. If you have calves die or wolves attack those calves or a cold storm go through. I mean, we lost our baby lamb before it was born this winter and Mona was pregnant. And then we had this crazy cold snap and I'm pretty sure, and we're not totally sure when she lost the lamb, but we didn't get a lamb this year. And the only thing we can say is, okay, well, maybe next year. That's so opposite of online instant gratification. If something doesn't work out, it's like, oh, just rebuy that mm-hmm. or just re-upload that or just, you know, do it right now. We, we're going to fix it right now. It's, that's, I think, why we crave this life because through failure, you have to wait again for success. So I was just going to say, do you think that that outlook that we both share factored into our ending up here living the life that we're currently living i think so i think we were starting to crave it before it even got to the point that it is now i mean there's been this massive explosion pretty much after 2020 i think we had good timing in that sense when it comes to all that stuff yeah for sure i mean i i think even before the the big technology explosion that we're seeing right now to where things could become almost unrecognizable people could completely use or lose their human interaction Mm -hmm. their ability or their not even ability, but their their will to communicate. Their, their desire. Their desire is the word I was looking right. for. Thank you. Yeah. 
their desire to have human interaction. Mm -hmm. We're losing that. Yeah, we are all willfully choosing to partake in in this virtual world full of virtual interactions, whether it be a family member, whether it be a you know, an, an old friend from high school. Mm-hmm. We were talking about that. Did we bring that up? Yeah. Uh, so things like high school reunions and all that mm-hmm. used to be a, a pretty, I mean, generally speaking, people were excited to attend mm-hmm. their 20-year high school reunion. We have been out of high school for over 20 years now, coming up on yeah. 25 years, which is crazy. And I have a pretty firm grasp of what's happening in everybody's life when it comes to the people that I was really close to way back in 1998. Yeah. There wasn't even a 20-year reunion at my high no, school. No, I don't think anyone attends them anymore no, because... Not like they used to. It used to be you got dressed up and you yeah. brought your husband and you got to see who had a receding hairline and right. who got fat and who was divorced. And, you know, like you wanted to see what happened to people. Yeah, and now we all know it because everybody's on Facebook and right. the, the Insta face and the, the Snap TikTok. The Twitter Snap and... I do Facebook and Facebook only because, again, I'm... Because you're an old lady. I, I, I just, I don't, I don't... It gets to be too much. It's right. the only reason, it's the reason I'm only on Facebook is because between, especially with what we do, YouTube and Facebook require so much of our time and attention and it uh, comes up so readily in our conversations that I'm just kind of, I get kind of tired of it and burnt out on it. I don't even do Facebook anymore and I haven't for a couple of years. Your personal Facebook, yeah. Yep. Yeah. I just kind of abandoned it and nobody noticed. I think it's because <laughs> again, it, we, it's a bizarre circumstance for us in particular because we are living out our life online yeah my my friends from high school people that i knew from high school i don't even think they noticed that i stopped posting on facebook yeah you know like it just we just lost contact once facebook and myspace became well myspace became a thing then facebook we stopped talking Mm -hmm. and then i saw who they married i saw that they had kids i saw what they did for a living and i never called them again and I just think that's sad, you know, because I was like, I don't need to wonder what's going on with this person because I can just see it. You know. And then I don't, I, all of a sudden I didn't know them anymore. Not really, not to where I could pick up the phone. It's not the same. Right. It's, it's nowhere near the same as, it's part of the appeal in doing this podcast, right? Is that you and I kind of get to check out, mm-hmm. leave everything, set everything aside, come in here. It's nice and quiet, even though my watch is beeping at me. Turn currently. off that little um, weird watch computer. Sorry. So what I was saying, it's just, it's not the same, that you cannot replace the face-to-face human interaction to right. read somebody's body language, to see the way that their, their face lights up when you provide them with good news, to see the sorrow in their face when, you know, they're going through something tough. It's not the same. There's no replacing that. Yeah. Well, I know I see like when somebody loses somebody on Facebook, people are like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm guilty of it myself. I have sent those messages mm-hmm. when you should pick up the phone and call them or send them a meal and a card or, or, or go see them and provide them with a hug. Right. And now it's just like, oh yeah, no, I told them sorry on Facebook. Like how empty are those messages? Happy birthdays. Same, yeah, same thing. thing. It's like, oh yeah, no, I wish him a happy birthday online. Um, and the sad part is kind of like you referenced earlier is I don't think there's any going back to that world. I think that world is a thing of the past. Yeah. yeah. Which freaks me out for our kids. Do you, do you ever grow concerned with um, the fact that our kids are so, seem to be so accustomed to having cameras around or, or cameras pointed at them or, 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 you know, random people being like, oh, hey, I always look at their faces when, when, when a a random person will come to one of our kids and be like, oh, hey, Nevaeh, it's not a normal thing. Right. 
it's a cool thing. It's it's always a great interaction. It's so cool to meet people in public and have them them light up and be like, oh hey, I know you from the YouTube. Yeah. And uh, and you know, it's it's always so so cool. I love it every single time. Um, because it's it is an abnormal thing. You don't run into normal uh, like random strangers and have them be excited to see you. Right. It's a great thing. It really is. It it fills you up. It makes you feel good about what it is that you're doing. Um, but I think for the kids, it's maybe a little different because they don't have a a firm grasp of. I mean, I guess they do, but it's it's just it's just it's such an abnormal thing. Do you know what I mean? It is abnormal. I think it's more abnormal for us. They've, I mean, especially Eli and Kira have really grown up with this, and mm-hmm. it almost isn't abnormal to them. And I think that's what disturbs you more than anything is they are so comfortable with it. Yeah, yeah. I think you're like, why are they so comfortable with this? Not to the level of like causing me concern. It's just like it's just an interesting thing to make note of and and kind of see how they treat it, treat those situations because yeah, it's. I think, like you said, especially the two youngest, it's just become so normal for them. And it's far from a normal thing. You're not supposed to have random people know your first name as a child. <laughs> yeah. Well. That was cause for concern a couple of decades ago. Now it's. <laughs> now, yeah. I remember like, don't put your kid's name on their backpack. Right. Because right. somebody can call them by their name. Well, yeah. And we have had these conversations with our kids. If somebody we knows have. your name, there's, you know, it's because you're on the internet, not because they know you and they don't have puppies or candy. Don't yeah, go we with have, them. we have a lot of those discussions given yeah. my background for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think our kids are paranoid to an extreme of anything. They're, they're definitely not going to go trust somebody. So, but I mean, yeah, just to kind of get back to it. So I think with, with this wave of change, with the way that we're just interacting as people or not interacting as people, there's been a definite increase in aggressiveness towards our fellow man or you know what I mean or woman people are so much more aggressive think about in a car when you were driving in a car you will lay on not you but I'm just saying people will lay on their horn to somebody directly in front of them or shout something because there's this layer between them it's just a car window but you are far more likely to scream at someone flip them the bird lay on your horn when you're in your car. Mm-hmm. Now, you wouldn't do that if you were both standing in the park and they did something. Like, let's say they were just being slow in front of you. You're walking in front and you're waiting to throw your cup away in the garbage and they stop right in front of you. You would just stand there and wait, <laughs> right? Or maybe walk around them. But you wouldn't say anything. But in your car, you lay on the... Like, God forbid, that light turn green and they are changing their radio. Like, you're going to be like, beep, 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 beep. You know what I mean? Because you were in the comfort of your car. Don't do that. Oh my gosh, you don't even know how to make it work. Oh my gosh, this is so bad. That was embarrassing. (laughs) Well, we actually have sound effects on our little soundboard here. So excited! That was a perfect opportunity sound effect for the air horn, and it's it's come and gone. Anyway, I get what you're saying though. Yeah, so environmental factors, right? Right. The, The more the more space you feel you have between yourself and another person it, it seems to influence the way that people handle certain situations and i think the internet has made this so much worse so much worse because now you're in your home you're in your jammies you got your sassy pants on yeah, you and feel safe to say whatever you want and and people do they do and you would never ever say that stuff take it a step further there are people who will use the 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 internet to paint a narrative Mm-hmm. And and tell lies because it serves themselves in a certain way. 
which has been very interesting. We've been caught up in situations like yeah. that as well. So yeah, I think there, again, to go back to good and bad, right? So the internet is great for a number of things, but if, if, if anyone wants to use it for, for evil shenanigans, evil shenanigans, they can very easily do so. Little leprechaun shenanigans. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's frustrating and upsetting for the same reasons you were just pointing out is because I think if we were face to face, you wouldn't right. dare say, especially when it came to, I'm not, I'm not somebody who tolerates being spoken to or being treated a certain way very well. Um, and, and that's not to say I'm like a, a firecracker by any means, but especially when it comes to, um, like our family, right. There are examples of things that have happened in the past where, yeah, I'm not going to, I'm not going to stand for it. So it's, it's, uh, it makes for a weird little dichotomy when it comes to the internet and people saying what uh, they feel is justified versus what is real and true. Well, and I think young people have fallen into that trap way more than adults. So teenagers and kids have become pretty brutal towards one another. Mm -hmm. I mean, to the point that you've got middle schoolers committing suicide, suicide yeah, it's horrible. from online bullying. Horrible. That was really rare when we were kids because, yes, there was bullying, but it was usually in a crowd and somebody would usually say something or their friends were present. They mm -hmm. had a support system there. Yeah. Or even if they didn't, it didn't rise to the level that it rises to now because it was still in person. Mm -hmm. Somebody would step in, a teacher or something, you know, like there, you couldn't stand in a cafeteria and belittle someone to the degree that it is done online. It's really bad with kids because they don't have the ability to make sense of it and right. know why somebody is saying what they're saying for you and I in situations and circumstances that have uh, right. kind of fallen into our lap, we know what it is. We can, right. we, we know why people are saying the things that maybe they're saying and directing toward us. And we know that it's, it's that person and issues that lie internally with that person or those people that are, that are causing this to, to come about. And that's really all it is. Yeah. Self-serving agendas. Absolutely. And it's like that with kids too. I mean, they have self-serving agendas. They want to be the highest in the pecking order. And so they'll take somebody that you know, a pretty girl or, or a new girl or um, someone that they perceive as weak. And, and I mean, they are creating pages, burn pages or whatever you want to call them. It's kind of like that movie Mean Girls where they had the burn book, only these are online pages. We just watched that. For kids that have to attend school, you get the this interaction, you get this, this gang mentality that is so brutal online because mm -hmm. they're completely protected behind these fake identities or, you know, I mean, if, especially if they're using fake identities, they mm. just say what? Ever they want. Don't even get me started. Yeah. And then yeah, <laughs> adults do it too. A lot of adults do it as well. Yeah. They've got lots of pages. Even people who probably shouldn't. Yeah. So. And people who probably don't realize that I have a very specific set of skills being that I was a professional investigator for over a decade. And we can figure out exactly who you well, are. I can figure <laughs> things out very, very easily. It gets pretty goofy when there's 10 people behind a, <laughs> or what, you know, one person behind a bunch of profiles. So, yeah. um, but you know, kids do it too. And there's no way, there's one mean girl can create 20 profiles and make it look like everybody hates you yeah. and drive these kids literally to suicide. And it's so sad. And yeah. it, it never existed before. We live in a funny time where people are willing to hurt people because they're not face to face with them. Mm -hmm. When you're looking at someone and you say something mean or you say something that makes them uncomfortable and you physically see them shift and you watch that look on their face change. A lot of people back down, they're like, I made that person feel bad. Right. It brings it back to all of us being humans once again. Right. With, you know, real life emotions. Yeah. And I, I think that it's something that people younger are missing 
out on. They, they missed that part of adolescence that we and every generation before us got to experience. If you offended someone, you risk being punched in the face. I was going to say, <laughs> there's a much bigger discussion to be had on this because of the things that kids are, the things that are instilled within kids nowadays. Right. And again, to go back when I was working in the high school, you know, there are times where some of the guidance that being given um, or some of the policies that are that are created by the school district just don't jive with what it is that I think should be instilled within kids. Uh, I'm, I'm not, I've never encouraged any kind of violence, anything like that. I don't think anybody should go out of the way to try to hurt anybody else. But there are times where there are, it, you know, defending yourself is warranted at times. And to say that we have a zero tolerance policy when it comes to, hey, you threw a punch in a circumstance, even though you were being pummeled by two other kids. So you're in trouble as well. No. Yeah. Sorry, I don't subscribe to that uh, way of thinking. Right. Not at all. Yeah, I I think we've asked kids or people to become very soft, mm -hmm. even though the culture has become more aggressive. Right. How about stand up for yourself yeah. when it's warranted? Don't go out of your way to make a point on with somebody. But you know, hey, if someone's badgering you, if you're feeling as though you are being threatened physically, verbally, what have you, you shouldn't cower and be reluctant to fire back. Is all I'm saying. Right. I just heard a camera ring. Did mm -hmm. you? Let me check these real quick. We're going to take a pause. Okay. So sorry about that. We actually had a technical issue with one of our cameras. It is so hot in here that one of the cameras actually overheated. So we had to take a quick pause. My apologies. This is supposed to be GSL uncut, not awkward cuts. Yeah. 50 and minutes in. Sweat towel. Yeah. It's pretty hot in here. And yeah, our camera overheated. Anyway, where were we? Okay. So, I mean, so... Um, to redirect this in, in maybe a more hopeful, positive way. <laughs> Has this been very negative? I mean, no, I, I think that it's just, it just kind of is what it is. It's just things that we have been observing. But I think that there's also this huge call and pull back to what's real. I think there's been a big pull back to home uh, for women, for men, for children. People want to reconnect with their families, reconnect with their friends. There's... This whole put your phone down movement among young people, which I love to see. Yeah, Kaimani brought that up with me. It's something he might uh, want to try doing he, at some point. He doesn't have a phone. Yeah, but we still have all the... <laughs> he's got a, a tablet that yeah. he tinkers on, and then we have the TV and all that. So yeah, our kids are pretty limited when it comes to all of the technological distractions that are available to... But they still feel kids, it. But yeah, they still feel it. Especially, again, again, I think that comes back to what we do in part, which is why we try to make a conscious effort to... You know, do things without the cameras. Right. Um, it's, it's. I think it's important, and I don't like relying upon our videos to serve as memories. If that right. makes sense, I like to be able to refer back uh, mentally to a moment in time, and you know, remember going hiking and uh, just doing something to, together as a family, rather than having to rely upon our videos to replace those memories. Right. And I think that can definitely happen. I think photos and videos can replace memories just as places in your brain. Like I've actually had the kids, Eli was saying, oh, I remember this. And he brought something up and we have a photo of it. Mm -hmm. And he was like two. And I'm like, you, you, you do not remember. remember that. You think you remember. You remember the photo. Well, I don't know. Maybe he does. Who knows? He's, he's so. so young that I mean, I, I, I'm doubtful that he remembers it. But right. yeah, it's, it's a very interesting concept to think that we have become so reliant upon visual cues mm -hmm. to serve as a reminder of a, a moment in time rather than Actual reflecting and yeah remembering from our own first person perspective a moment in time and it's so funny because those memories that you have that had nothing to do with film are so 
pivotal and they're so important. Mm -hmm. They're so precious. You know, I think about a little, like just little memories of that I have as a child. Like I was telling the kids, my dad used to pick us up on Fridays for half days at school (laughs) and he would have the announcement lady at the office who he kind of won over. He had her say, Alicia and Melissa Monroe, please report to the office. Your dad wants to take you to Applebee's. And so your your dad. It's so my so dad. Him. And he wanted us to feel special. He wanted the other kids to be like, oh, they're going to nah. go to Applebee's. That's cool. That's a really cool memory. What is your first memory? Oh, geez. Um, and how old were you? I think my first memory was when I was four. I had a lot of surgeries. I was born. This is something a lot of people oh, don't know. Let's save this. You can uh, allude to it, but let's save this. This is a... I was Longer conversation born extremely hearing impaired. Um, Explain. No, you just told me to save it. Well, what what, what specifically does that mean, hearing impaired, when, so, it, when it comes to, to you and your situation? I was pretty deaf. My I, my eardrums were underdeveloped. And so um, they started to realize that when I wasn't speaking properly, I <laughs> my family still calls me Meha. That comes from Mahiha, uh, which is what I, I used to say my name was because... I did a lot of lip reading and Melissa somehow looked like Mahiha, which is like a donkey noise. Um, <laughs> so when people would ask me what my name was and then my dad changed it to Meha and then it became Missa and a bunch of other things to my cousins. And We're uh, really heavy on the nicknames in our family. Have you noticed that? Yeah, we do have a lot of nicknames. Anyway, sorry. So um, when I was four, I started having uh, ear surgeries and, and things like that and a very early memory was my mom waking me up and then going to get that surgery. And I didn't feel good because it was early in the morning. I mean, it had to have been like four o'clock and I had to put on this hospital gown and they gave me hospital underwear and I didn't want to wear them because I was a little girl, you know, I was a little four year old. I was like, those aren't my underwears. Like I'm not wearing those. And it was like this huge, it was like a tragedy that I had to wear this hospital underwear. It was too big. It wasn't my, my little pony. Like I just, it's just a really, early core memory and it's kind of the earliest one I can remember. How about you? My first memory is being in the shallow water at Ala Moana Beach in Honolulu when I was, I think I was three years old and I was looking up onto the beach in the sand with my mom and dad sitting next to each other. My dad's seated on the right. My mom is seated on the seated on the left on a towel. My dad was wearing black glasses and a blue and white hat with a ulua fish on it. Very, very vivid memory. And then I remember turning away from them and looking up at the sky and seeing a commercial airliner flying overhead because the all the planes that take off from Honolulu on the reef runway fly right over Ala Moana. So very, very vivid memory. It's a very interesting uh, thing to think about. Spent a lot of time there as a like kid. It's like the start of a movie. You know? you it see was. The kid it it, it kind of it plays the... out that way in my mind. Wow. Yeah, it's really weird. But yeah, that's it memories that's crazy so these early memories you know i mean i even remember dances and stuff do you you remember them as like movie scenes or do you remember them more so like snapshots i remember moments of them they weren't snapshots but they're they're short moments like i remember driving to homecoming senior year with brian dunnigan because i was so excited to be going with him and i remember like looking over at him in the car like i can't believe like i'm going to homecoming with Brian Dunnigan (laughs) and um, like little things like that, you know, like those were their little, little memories in time, little, I I remember cheering senior year at like, you should remember a lot of senior year, but I just have little 
snippets, five minute snippets or two minute snippets. I remember standing there at the last cheerleading game and then my one friend saying, never forget how this feels. That was Mm. her big, her big thing. She always said, and I remember being like, which friend was that? Krista. And, and yeah, I just remember like taking that in and like looking across this Friday night lights field and being like, this is cool. And this is ending. Mm-hmm. And and snapshotting this that. is a moment. Yeah, mark it down. And and it still is to me. Twenty one yeah. years later. Yeah, it just recently came up in one of your ending narratives. Well, she said it to me at our wedding too. Yeah, yeah. How much do you remember from our wedding? First of all, <laughs> I I remember quite a bit from our wedding. Do you? Yeah, because we'll, we'll I think I think because she reminded me to remember. The same friend, Krista. Same yeah, friend. I think yeah. she. And she rem- actually became a wedding planner, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, She's good um, at that. We should talk on another episode about that. We're almost at an hour. Okay. We're at 58 minutes according to this this clock here. Yeah. So, I mean, this this conversation got a little weird. It got a little off the rails. Got extremely weird. Let's revisit for, and we'll make note for future reference. We'll talk about our wedding. Right. Just because it's a quirky story. We actually got married in Las Vegas. Oh, our wedding was... It was interesting. I mean, I feel like I can't share all of it. What? Oh. I know. Like the events leading up to it? No, no. What? What are you talking about? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Like some of the frustrations of the day and stuff, and like what? and people that were involved. I would never want to mm. offend. You okay. Know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so we'll bring that up on a on a future episode, maybe. But yeah, yeah. would you? So episode two was this a little smoother? Is it despite the fact that we had a camera go down mid recording? I mean, no, I don't think that was smoother. But I think we're gonna get there. I mean, we shouldn't be having overheating equipment yeah apologies once again for that these things happen again we're, we're learning as we go here with yeah. uh, being only on episode number two but i'm still loving this format i really enjoy it i like that we can set aside some time to speak um in this nice quiet room it's so great even though it's like 100 degrees in here today i feel like we're talking in a sauna yeah sauna in a sauna i okay. would i would i think like now that we've been talking about the differences of the generations and the way that you know, we see the world and we see other people. I think mm-hmm. it would be really interesting to get Nevea on here. I think that's what we're going to do for episode number three. Yeah. 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 I think it would be really cool to have her on here. I want to hear from her because she has very, very strong opinions. She does. <laughs> and I will caution her against saying too much. But um, at the same time. Oh, I'm, let her go. Let her go. Yeah. No, yeah, um, I don't want to. That, that sounds really weird. Don't. Uh, what, what, what I mean is, she yeah. just has to be very. Yeah, just be be smart about what it is that you say. Yeah, Nevaeh has very strong opinions. She has a very huge personality, and um, I mean that makes her difficult to parent in many ways, because I mean she just she knows what she thinks she knows, yeah. and uh, she always She's has strong willed. Very. Mm-hmm. It, it could serve her very well in life yeah. if she learns how to to really use that. She's a very strong person. And I just think that she has definitely her own opinions about this. Mm-hmm. And so it would be really interesting to hear just her, her, her perspective her perspective on it. Yeah. Sounds good. All right. We are now at an hour, give or take. So episode number three, we'll have Nevaeh on here. We'll get a younger person on. We'll get, to, yeah. uh, we'll get her opinion, thoughts on things and uh, go from there. All right. Okay. One more cheers. Let's do this. So water. Water versus wine. Boom. This is fun. It was. All right. We'll see you guys on episode number three next Wednesday. Thanks so much once again for being here. And again, appreciate all the comments and all the kind words that you guys sent our way here today uh, with episode number one actually being released. So we greatly, greatly appreciate it. And we will see you over on episode number three. Right? Cool. Bye, guys. (laughs)